The Splash Podcast is sponsored by Goldfish, the snack that smiles back. Goldfish, the best thing to eat. It's my favorite snack. Go get some now because this is the pod for the snacking. I am your host, Jordan Skyler Sarf, and this is the Splash Podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is the Splash Podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about the Nets heartbreaker, the Sixers Hawks, how that closed out, the Hawks Bucks and how that's going, the Suns and the Clippers, some NBA news, the Splash Pick, and RTR, ready to roll, ready to roll. What's going on, everybody? This is your man, JSAR, June 25th, 2021. We've got some exciting playoff basketball just straight off the bat i'm gonna say this is probably the most exciting basketball has been for at least for me and say since lebron won the championship in cleveland solely solely because anyone could win the championship now with their final four teams just for those who don't know the final four teams are the milwaukee bucks the atlanta hawks the los angeles clippers and the Phoenix Suns. I'm going to start off just on why the hell the Nets aren't here. So I went to Game 7 on Saturday. It was Nets-Bucks. It was a probably one of the best basketball games I've ever seen. Be- only because you're watching a fully healthy Milwaukee team go up against a banged-up Brooklyn team that has been projected all year to go to the championship and win. Just to kind of give you a full walkthrough, the game's going back and forth. It's a slugfest. You know, Milwaukee has the lead. The Nets have the lead. Really back and forth shit. We're getting to the last couple seconds. The Nets are down two uh, with, like, a couple seconds left. KD gets the ball, takes a step back, which looked like a three, uh, but instead it was a two. His foot was on the line probably by a millimeter. His foot's on the line. I saw it from where I was sitting, but... You know, if his foot's not on the line, that's the game, and the Nets are in the Eastern Conference Finals. But anyway, KD hits the shot, ties the game. Giannis misses the the game winner, so they go to overtime. Now I'm watching overtime. KD hits the first shot. I'm thinking, oh, we're going to run away. Brooklyn's going to run away. We're home. Milwaukee just hangs around. Nobody wants to put the ball in the cup. Everyone's scared. And eventually, the Iceman, Chris Middleton, puts up this beautiful mid-range jumper over, um, I don't know if it was over Harden or Bruce Brown, but put up this beautiful jumper. You know, we're thinking, all right, is KD going to have to hit another two to send this double overtime? Anyway, you know, everyone knows KD's getting the ball. A few seconds left in overtime. The ball's passed to KD, dribbles it a little bit, steps behind the three-point line and shoots it. And you're thinking, oh, this is game ball, this ball game. KD hitting the shot from the three-point line. This is the game. The the shot's short, and it's an air ball. But what's worse about it is it's not like it was an air ball and the ball immediately landed out of bounds. It was an air ball, and the ball landed, like, in bounds, but nobody went for the rebound. So the last, like, five seconds of the game is just just staring at the ball bouncing in the air. Like, the game was a wash after that. Nobody was going for a putback. It was KD was shooting the winner, and everyone else in Brooklyn just ran away. And that was that. And I got to be honest with you, I cried. It was probably the, the hardest. It was probably the hardest thing to watch as a Nets fan. You know, it's for any sports fan to watch your team that have been fighting and dogging it out throughout the entire playoff series just lose on an air ball. You know, it breaks your heart. The whole stadium was upset. I didn't hear no boos. There weren't anyone mad. It was just sadness. And the only time I ever 
seen that this year was when the the Knicks played the Hawks in the first game of the playoffs, and the Knicks lost in that floater by Trey Young. It's not anger. Nobody's mad at the Knicks. No one's mad at the Nets. It's sadness. And you know what? When you really feel for your team, I know my dad contested this. He was with me. And I looked at my dad and said, look, I'm really upset. It was one of the best. I told him, I said, it was one of the best games I've ever been to. I'm really happy we went. But I'm heartbroken right now. <laughs> and, you know, what really plucked the heartstrings was after the game, um, some of the fans stuck around. I think my dad and I stuck around. And we watched KD walk over to his mom and hug him. And hugger, and uh, I could just tell, like this guy put out his blood, sweat, and tears, mind, body, and soul into that game, and they just didn't close it out. After the game, KD came out and said that he didn't think they were ever going to lose. And you know what? I love that winning mentality. I love that our star player is thinking like that. Like we're not going to lose, and I'm not going to let us lose. And it just gets me excited for next season. And speaking of next season, you know what does Brooklyn need? Honestly, uh, a better team medic, someone to just keep the three stars healthy. I also think they have to get rid of, I'm going to call it old Brooklyn. Now, old Brooklyn is, you know, D'Angelo Russell, Jared Allen, Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis Silvert, uh, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson. That's old Brooklyn. I loved that team. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking shit. I just think that if we're going to, tr- if the Nets are going to transition into a true championship team, we need true championship players right now KD and Kyrie are the only two guys in the team with a championship Uh, unless I'm blanking on somebody I believe that's it you know we had Jeff Green he's a great vet Blake Griffin he's slowly becoming a great vet he had a really good playoff run I would keep Claxton I would keep DeAndre but Joe Harris Dinwiddie as much as I love them they have to go need something new we need role guys that could really light it up like Joe Harris probably missed three or four, like, extremely important threes. I was fucking livid. I'm sitting there. I'm like, this guy is taking shots. Like, like he took, I think he took 10 shots. It's a lot for a guy that isn't a star on the team. And if you're going to take 10 shots, you better make at least four. I think he went two for 10. And those two threes that he should have hit would have easily changed the outcome of the series. But, um, you know, it was heartbroken. But, you know, next season, Brooklyn will be better. We'll come back stronger. Hopefully, we re-sign everybody. Um, side note, I went to the Met game on Wednesday, and coincidentally, Kevin Durant was also at the Mets game. So I think I have this connection with KD where, you know, we're just feeling things out. We're trying to get our minds in the right place for next season looking forward. Moving on, just to see how the Sixers and the Hawks closed out. The biggest bum of the century. I'm going to just jump right into it. Ben Simmons, I do not understand. Just put up some shots. I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't know if Sixers fans would be mad if Simmons went 2 for 7 in the fourth quarter or 0 oh, oh, zero for 0. He did go 0 for 0 in the fourth quarter of game 4, 5, 6, and 7, which is heinous considering you're paying him all this money to play. But, again, is he making the best basketball decision? The guy can't shoot. So, in a, in a fucked up way, he kind of is making the best decision. Are they wasting a lot of money on him? Of course they're wasting a bunch of money on this guy. He's not worth whatever. I think he's getting over 20, 25 million a year. It's insane for a guy that can't hit a free throw and can't shoot a jump shot. But other facets of his game are so good that it doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, it does matter. It costed them the series. 
you know, you, Embiid, you know, Joel Embiid's going to play like that every single week. He's going to have 29 and 10. You know, Seth Curry also had a really good game. You know, I think he had over 20 points and a couple assists. They need the third guy. Like in any playoff series, there's always the third guy that really pushes a, cha- a team to the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference Finals. And the Sixers just didn't have that. And Simmons should have been that guy, but he wasn't. I would have rather seen him shoot the ball. Obviously, everybody would have. It'd go two for seven. To be assertive, just be aggressive. Somebody in the Sixers locker room is connected with Stephen A. I don't know the exact setup, but the Stephen A read the quote out loud and pretty much, I'm paraphrasing, pretty much said that uh, Ben Simmons doesn't care. He only thinks about himself. He doesn't listen to anyone. He's a baby. He's a pain in the ass. Something along those lines. And he kind of plays like that. I, like, if you ever look at his face, like, I've never seen him, like, hyped up after a dunk or, like, excited after a big play. Like, I feel like he's just doing this like it's his job. And that's horrible. Like, look, I don't know what he's thinking in his head. Maybe he's got some shit going on. Or maybe he's just, you know, timid or nervous to shoot the ball. But when you're getting paid over $20 million a year to do something, you need to prove to everyone around you that you're worth the $20 million. If not then you're kind of just flipping all these people off. Sixers fans have been waiting for an Eastern Conference final. They've been waiting for a championship run. This was the time. They could have beaten um, the Hawks. They, listen, Atlanta is a great team. I'll get into them later. But I, I don't think the Sixers should have even taken this to a Game 7. This should have been lights out. This should have been a lights out 4-1, 4-2 series win by the Philadelphia. But moving forward, what do the Sixers do at Simmons? I would probably set Ben Simmons up in I think the I think the Sixers stadium has a Nathan's. I would set him up in the hot dog section. You know, just you know, if he doesn't care, let him work in concessions. Let him serve uh, French fries, hot dogs, and beer. You know, get get some worth. Maybe he'll sign some autographs on it. People would like him as a hot dog vendor over a point guard right now because at least they'd be getting what they're paying for. Hawks, Bucks, awesome series so far. Game one was extremely exciting because, you know, we're in Milwaukee. You know, there's a lot of pressure on the Bucks to win this series because, one, if they lose, they just lost to five guys that are all 21 and below. Number two, Coach Budenhoser guaranteed is getting fired if they don't win this series. Unless somebody on Milwaukee goes, like, it's hurt. If the Bucks don't win this series, Budenhoser fired, guaranteed. Also, Giannis' credibility is in the toilet. He looked horrible in that Nets Buck series. It was really Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday that and Brooke Lopez that really carried Milwaukee through. Giannis was airballing threes the whole series, and he's been airballing them in this series too. But Trey Young, I have a new nickname for him. He's Busta. The only reason why I call him that is when you see him hit those floaters or those silencer shots, he's a Busta. You just look and you're like, oh, Busta, damn. And it gets me thinking. Is Trey Young our modern-day Reggie Miller? Of course he is. He's the heel. He's the villain, the Darth Vader. He loves going into opposing team stadiums and just being the villain. He's, I don't know if you've noticed this, but the Sixers won, I think, their, their, two, ga- their two or three games in Atlanta. They won more games in Atlanta. Trey Young is not a very good home core player. He's really, really great on the road. He was great against the Knicks. He's great against the Sixers. And now he's game one. You know, Trey Young and the Hawks are in Milwaukee. And the Hawks beat him. 
beat him by three, 106, 106 to 103. And I didn't think Trey had a great game, but Trey Young has a shit load of help. He's got John Collins. He's got Herter. He's got Bogdanovic. He's got Clint Capella. He has all these guys around him, even Lou Williams. He's got all these guys around him that when one guy isn't having a great game, the other guys around them pick up the slack. And that is, in my eyes, the true essence of a championship team if you do not have the quote-unquote superstar players like a LeBron or a KD. Like, Brooklyn, like other than Harden, was horrible. But KD could carry the team. Trey Young could do that, but if he can't, he's in one of those positions where he has guys around him that could carry the load. And, you know, moving forward into the series, you know, we have game two tonight, another game in Milwaukee. I think if... This is obviously, I think this is a do-or-die game for Milwaukee. They lose this game, there's no chance they win the series. Just could be honest. You can't lose two games at home to start the series off and win. That'd be insane. The only series I know of where that happened is the Clippers-Mavericks series in this uh, during this playoff run. Clippers lost their first two games at home, and you're thinking, this is over. But, you know, anything could happen right now on paper. Milwaukee, I still have Milwaukee winning. But... It is very exciting to watch Trey Young, a.k.a. Reggie Miller, run around and just act like the villain. Because right now, I hate both Milwaukee and Atlanta. I don't give a shit about both of them. I honestly want a team in the West to win. We'll get to that in a second. But Trey Young is our modern-day Reggie Miller. He is the heel, but he is our buster. This guy goes out there, plays his heart out. He's a team player. And you know what? I'm excited to see Trey Young moving forward in the NBA. I think this guy will definitely be an MVP. I think he'll definitely, I think he can win a ring. It could be this year, but I think this is his best chance with this team. Like if, if they're going to win a championship with this team, it's going to be this season. I think any others, you know, moving forward, you know, Brooklyn's going to build, Milwaukee might build, the Sixers are going to restart. Like there's going to be a lot of trouble and everyone's going to be prepared for this spread out Atlanta team. So Trey Young, Reggie Miller. Moving on, we have the Suns-Clippers series. Right now, the Suns are the big face of the league. They're the good guys. They're Han Solo. They're Indiana Jones. Everyone wants to see Phoenix win. Now, I'm not saying people don't want to see the Clippers win because there's two great things happening right now in the Western Conference. The Suns have never won a championship, and neither have the Clippers. The Clippers have never even been to the Western Conference Finals. So immediately, we're getting some cool... um, you know, some cool historical shit going down. And, but it doesn't really matter because Phoenix is fantastic at home. Game one, kick the crap out of the Clippers. Game two, kick the crap out of the Clippers. Granted, the Suns didn't even have Chris Paul. He's their main leader. I love him. And everyone, all the sports analysts were talking this week saying, is Chris Paul going to hurt the, the vibe or hurt the team flow going into game three, considering the Suns are up 2-0 without him? And look. The Suns lost last night, so now the series is 2-1. i got to give a lot of credit to Reggie uh, Reggie uh, Jackson and uh, Paul George. They were both great. When those guys together score 50 or 60 points, it makes the Clippers more comfortable, more relaxed. Role players could shoot. It also looks like the Clippers don't have Kawhi Leonard for the series. So I could see this last night's loss for the Suns just being a bump in the road and the Suns coming back game four and just kicking the crap out of the Clippers. I really wish this could be more of a series. I think the Clippers really need Kawhi Leonard to go to the finals. There's also, I don't know who on the Clippers is going to stop my favorite player, 
DeAndre Ayton. Who is it going to be? Zubak? Zubak's good. I give him a lot of credit. He, he, I like watching him because he's a competitor, and you could see it in his face, like that he like wants to win and wants to be the better big man on the floor. But DeAndre Ayton is just a man. Last night, the Suns lost, but DeAndre Ayton went 9 for 13 from the field. That's a guy you want on the team. That is a guy that you can just dish the ball to down low, and he's going to get you a bread and butter. He's going to get you a yeah, bread and butter basket when you need it. So, is this the? This is the question I have now. Since the Suns lost Game Three, you know, it got me thinking: Is this the Suns series to lose? Of course it is. If they lose this, everyone's going to be fucking lit at the Suns. The Clippers have nothing to lose now because they have no Kawhi Leonard, and it's going to be Paul George and the role players trying to figure it out. Again, going to give you another shout-out. Shout-out to Tra- uh, Terrence Mann, a.k.a. from Field of Dreams. He's been having a great playoff run. That guy will definitely get paid next season. I don't know if he's a starter, but I love him as an off-the-bench like initiator, starter, a fireman. Um, I really like that. Paul George even said last night, he pulled out the Avengers quote of the century and said, you know, uh, whatever it takes. Uh, well, I guess he's Captain America now, and I guess Iron Man is banged up in the shop. So, all right, Paul George, I got to give him credit. I've given him a lot of shit in the past, let's just say, couple months. And you know what? Every time this guy lets me down, he figures out a way to get over the hump. In game two, uh, Paul George missed two crucial free throws to put those Clippers up by three points. And I was livid after that. I said, oh, this guy's a bum. He's a piece of crap. But this guy comes back. In game three, has 27 points and leads his team to a great win. And you know what? I'm extremely hard on the Clippers, and especially on Paul George. And I owe an apology. I'm going to say it right here. I am sorry, Paul George. You do not deserve that type of shit. I think you're a great player, and I'm excited to see where your career goes from here. I don't know if you if the Clippers are going to... I don't know if the Clippers are going to go to the championship this year. I can't tell you that. But what I can tell you is that I really, really like the core that they're starting to develop on that team. I just want to see what happens next. I just don't think, you know, I just don't think Phoenix could lose. I think they're way too good. Just some NBA news. The Pacers hired Rick Carlisle as their new head coach. Look, I would like to see Rick Carlisle go to a different team. I don't mind that he goes to Indiana. They have some help. They've got Sabonis and uh, Brogdon. I think Indiana needs... A star and it's so funny that I was just talking about Paul George because that's who their star was they were a great team when he was there they used to give Miami a when it was LeBron's Miami Heat like they used to give them a run all the time it wasn't a 4-0 sweep it was always like a 4-2 4-3 series but Rick Carlisle great coach definitely deserves to have another job here I just don't know where the Pacers are going to go I could see them being an 8-7-6 seed next year and scrapping their way maybe to the second round. They just need another star. They have like a well-rounded team of good guys. You don't win on good guys. You win on great guys. And the Pacers just don't have anyone that's great. So I like the move. Another head coaching thing. It looks like the Mavericks are going to have Jason Kidd as their head coach. I'm surprised Jay Kidd wants to go to the Mavericks. I know he used to play there. I know he's a point guard and so is Luka. So they have that connection in common. But I was sold that Frank Vogel was going to leave and Jay Kidd was going to be the coach of the Lakers. But whatever. I mean, I don't know who I'd rather coach now, LeBron or Luka. I would probably pick Luka just because you're getting him in his prime. 
or correction, you're you're watching him grow into his prime as a basketball player. And J Kid is a championship winning point guard. He won it with Dallas. And now he's back on Dallas trying to guide the next generation of basketball being Luka Doncic to the finals. And I think he can guide him really well. I think this is a really good pairing. I'm just surprised that J Kid didn't go to the Lakers because who the hell doesn't want to coach the Lakers? You know, you got the flashing lights, purple and gold, you know, LeBron, AD, like they're Hollywood. Like if I were a head coach, I would probably want to go to the Lakers. The only problem with the Lakers, whoever the next Lakers head coach is, if you stink your first year, you're fired immediately. doesn't matter. Even if it wasn't your fault, even if everybody was hurt, you're fired. Dallas, I'm sure Jay Kidd will get a few chances. I think he'll get at least two years. I know that when Jay Kidd was coach of the, uh, the Bucks, you know, it was a little shaky, but I don't know. He was working with Giannis, and Giannis is a fantastic player. But Giannis isn't a point guard. He's a forward and air ball messing guy. Jay Kidd played like Luka Doncic plays like Jason Kidd to some degree, and I could see them having a really great connection. And as far as a coach, you need to have a great connection with your best player, and I think they'll be great together. I think they'll be great. Moving on to our splash pick of the day. I'm going to say it here tonight. Uh, this is June 25th, 2021. You've got Hawks, Bucks. The Bucks are home. Um, I'm going to tell you, take Atlanta plus eight. Trey Young's not looking to get blown out. Nobody on Atlanta is going to get blown out. There's too many weapons. There's too many guys that are going to keep the game close. Even if they lose, Atlanta could lose the game. But they won't lose by nine. They won't lose by eight. They'll lose by like four or five or six or whatever. Like Atlanta plus eight, that's the pick. That's the move. That's all the time we have on the Splash Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Skylasar. Tune in next week for another episode of Fantastic Basketball News. RTR, ready to roll, ready to roll.